Welcome to the Kaha Club. Roll up. Let's take a rip. Let me tell you the world is yours. Yeah, bish. Having a little uh, technical difficulties there for about a second or two. But look, yep, it's going live on my mixer. Fuck yeah, let's go. Hey, we we Gucci then. All right, so here we is. Oh, let me be myself so I don't get no loop in action here. All right, um, yeah, this will be Kyle High Fight Club number thirty. Number fucking 30. Even though 30 isn't really a huge number, it's still a lot. It's still a lot of numbers. Uh, 30 hours of talking about just straight fights, pretty much. Um, it's a little ridiculous, kind of hard to believe, um, but at the same time, fucking awesome. Um, for this episode, for episode number 30 of the Cow High Fight Club, I'll primarily and mainly, and those are the same words, but I'll be talking about uh, UFC Fight Night uh, between Tyron Woodley and Gilbert Burns. And if you're watching on the video, um, or if you're listening to audio later on, I will be showing, I'm sharing my screen here just with the fights and their little statistics and all that stuff. If you kind of want to follow along and maybe get a glimpse and just see what I'm looking at, I guess. That being said, like I said, UFC Fight Night, Tyron Woodley versus Gilbert Burns. This is May 30th, uh, 2020, um, which is this Saturday. Uh, the event is taking place at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. Now, the UFC Apex is a new building for the UFC. I mean, new in quotation marks. It's probably been there for about a year now. Uh, but it's where they've been doing their contender series fights. Um, and where I guess they'll also be hosting and filming the ultimate fighter fights when they come back or whenever that is they could be filming it right now we have no idea um but yeah that's where they'll be taking these uh these fights will be taking place so it'll be kind of cool to see you know there won't be really a crowd except for like dana and like his friends and maybe his select fans that want to come by uh, so it'll still be a smaller venue, but it won't be an empty arena like it has been before, which is kind of weird. Um, I think this will be better, uh, for all, all parties involved, just cause they, they've done fights here and like this hundreds of times where it's been small venues, uh, instead of fucking large arenas and nobody's there, you know, it's a small confined space and nobody's there. Um. Nonetheless, it will still be an exciting night of fights. Uh, the main card, I guess before I... Well, the main card will be start... Main card and prelims will be on ESPN and ESPN Plus for the entirety of the card. Uh, prelims start at 5 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, main card will be at 8 p.m. Central, and 9 p.m. Eastern then. Um, and for this little... You know, flight... I almost said Flight Club. This ain't Flight Club. This is Fight Club. Uh, for this little Cow High Fight Club action, uh, I'm going to start with the main event between Woodley and Burns and work my way down just because, uh, you know, I know a lot of the names in these cards, but, you know, as we get towards, like, the bottom, even I don't know some of these guys, and I had to look them up and actually do, you know, some type of research on them. Um, 
So I'm just going to hit off, you know, the top ones first and go through the bottom ones if you don't give a fuck about the guys that are barely making money to get by um, and fighting people in a cage, which I think you should support them even more, but that's, it is what it is. <sighs> With that being said, Woodley, hey Darius, you got Woodley, I'm guessing. It's going to be a good fight, uh, no matter, oh, I was going to. For this episode, I was going to try to, uh, oops, I was going to try to put the mixer chat into the, into my sharing, but, uh, it's already too late for that. That's a whole nother thing I'll have to figure out myself, um, but whatever. Um, yeah, this first fight between Tyron Woodley and Gilbert Burns, main event, obviously, Tyron Woodley, 19-4-1, coming off his loss against, uh, Kamara Usman in the title fight, hasn't fought since. Um, you know, honestly, the worst I think we've ever seen Woodley look, uh, it's not even that he looked, I mean, he looked pretty bad, but like, I think Usman's pressure and just his, um, game plan just threw Woodley off so much that Woodley couldn't pull the trigger. And he talked about this on Joe Rogan's podcast after the fight, you know, he said that wasn't him in there. He, he just couldn't pull the trigger. He couldn't. He didn't know why, but, like, he saw things happening, and, like, he saw openings to take a punch, and he was like, oh, there it is. But then, like, his mind was telling him to do it, but his body wasn't doing it. You know, he was kind of, like, stuck in his own way, stuck in his own shoes. Um, so I think it'll be very, very interesting to see how he comes out after that, after that uh, performance. He's probably been, you know going to bed every night thinking about it. I know he has a bunch of other ventures. You know, he has a little, his little rap career and little other sponsors and shit he's been talking or been working on, but that was all while he was the champ. And now he's not the champ. He's not the man. He's not the man. Um, I, I, I'm curious to see how his psyche is doing. Um, and, I mean, he's a champion. He's a former champ. So, I mean, I'm sure he's, his mind's a steel trap, but at the end of the day, still got to go in there and fight another human being who is also trained to kick your ass um let's see yeah before he beat Usman or lost to Usman he beat uh Till Mayan Wonderboy twice I mean that's legit but the guy he's facing Gilbert Dorinho Burns is fucking legit as well uh definitely not as known as Woodley but if you are an MNA MNA what is an MNA? If you're an MMA or UFC or fight fan or even just a jiu-jitsu fan, uh, you know who the fuck Gilbert Dorino Burns is. And Dorino, that's his uh, nickname, means little tough guy. He translated from uh, from Portuguese to English. You know, a rough translation, obviously. Um, Burns is 33 years old. Uh, trains out of Hard Knocks 365 out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And he's currently on a five-fight uh, win streak versus uh, uh, Damian Maya. He fought last. He actually he knocked Damian Maya out, I believe, it was the second round, if I remember correctly. A uh, fight before that, he beat Gunnar Nelson, who's a beast, uh, you know, on the feet and the ground. Uh, I think he out jiu-jitsu and might have submitted Gunnar Nelson, which is impressive because Gunnar Nelson black belt, uh, one of the top uh, grappling artists in MMA. But... Gilbert Burns is another level. Gilbert Burns is top of the heap good competition-wise jiu-jitsu. Like, just straight jiu-jitsu, no striking, no no punching, no striking, you know. Just straight jiu-jitsu, he's one of the best in the world right now. Um, 
and he's been, I think he was in quintet. Uh, he competed in that with uh, the UFC team. He looked really solid. He was like their uh, their anchor, you know, their best man in that little event um, where they had the little UFC versus Strike Force versus uh, Pride and uh, fuck, there's another organization in there. I'm forgetting. Oh, and WEC. Um, yeah, burn. Burn Jiu Jitsu is just it's it's top level. In MMA he he he's above like, you know, any guy that's top jujitsu in MMA, he's above them, if that even makes sense. Um and his striking is much well improved. Uh he's a very solid striker. Um I don't know if he's as good as Woodley. Uh his boxing might be a little more fluid. Woodley's kind of stiff, but Woodley's so fucking powerful. This is this is just a good matchup all around. Um, you know, Woodley's wrestling. You know, he's got a very strong wrestling base. I don't think he's going to shoot on Gilbert though, because he doesn't want to fuck with his jujitsu. But at the same time, Gilbert might not want to fuck with Woodley because of his wrestling. But at the same time, a wrestler doesn't spend as much time as on their back as a guy that knows jujitsu. So Burns might be okay with you know trying to shoot i don't know though trying to fucking take down a fucking wrestler is going to be tough um so i don't know i would love to see it go to the ground but i don't think it will i think woodley will probably look to keep this on his feet you know kind of how he fought damian maya i'm about to sneeze here so let me go mute real quick Uh, Woodley might try to fight Gilbert Burns away, same way he fought Maya, you know, just very calm, collected, keep his distance, you know, just stay away from Maya. Anytime Maya tries to clinch or grapple or go for takedown, stuff it, get away, and just hit him with long punches. Um, but I don't know if that's going to work for Burns. Burns is, like I said, has very good stand-up. Uh, he likes to come forward. He's very aggressive in his, uh, in his technique. Um, and... Like I said, one of the best on the ground, and his top jiu-jitsu is uh, excellent as well. So I don't know. I honestly don't know. I kind of have to lean towards Woodley here just because he's a more accomplished guy uh, at this point. But Burns is on a fucking streak, and he's he's legit, man. I could see him. You know, before he had a ranking, I'm like, dude, this guy needs to be a top 15. Um, he's not ranked number six. Uh, Willie's number one contender there at 170, welterweight division. Um, so yeah, I don't. I honestly don't know who's going to win. Um, and I would not put money on this fight. But if you want to go with the underdog, go with Burns. But if you like Woodley, go with Woodley. As far as odds, uh, and I'm getting the odds off of ESPN's website, you know, here, if you're watching the video, you can see it's the odds are right here. Uh, Woodley's minus 185, Burns is plus 165, so pretty close line there. Um, I think a little too close for me to put uh, some action on Burns to be, you know, pretty comfortable with losing, you know, something, you know, given that if he does win, it's a, you know, nice uh, potential return. So I don't know. That's that's gonna be a fucking great of a fight. Uh, definitely can't wait for that one. Um, then we go to the co-main. Two hundred 
between Blagoy Ivanov and Augusto Sekai. Uh, two uh, pretty solid heavyweight uh, contenders here, both ranked in the top 15. Blagoy, who's 18 and 3, is uh, number 12. And Augusto is 14 1 and 1. He's number 13 there in the heavyweight division. Uh, as far as odds. Ivanov is minus 105, Sakai is minus 115, and initially when I saw these odds, I was very, very surprised. Blagoy Ivanov was not a higher uh, favorite um, than he is. Um, you know, I remember Sakai being legit and having some pretty good striking power, but I thought, uh, but I think, and still kind of think, uh, Blagoy's uh, wrestling uh, is just so dominant, especially in the heavyweight division, that I did, honestly didn't see this being a close fight. But as I went through, you know, did my little research or what have you, I'm starting to take that back. Um, even though I still do like Blagoy, uh, his nickname's Ibaga. Uh, he's 33 years old. He fights out of AKA. He lost his last fight versus Derek Lewis by a uh, split decision. A lot of people won that fight. Thought he won that fight. Honestly, I thought he won that fight, but glad he didn't because I had money on Derek Lewis that fight. And you know who doesn't love uh, the Black Beast, Derek Lewis, one of the best guys to follow on Instagram. Um, but before that loss, he beat Ty Tuivasa and Ben Rothwell. Um, pretty, uh, he destroyed Tuivasa, just wrestled him to death. Uh, Rothwell was a close fight, but I think he won that fight. Uh, had some pretty good striking and also. Uh, Implement his wrestling really well. Um, as far as Augusto Sakai, as I said, 14 1 1. Uh, he's 29 years old. He's had, out of his 14 wins, he's had 11 uh, TKO or knockout finishes. Uh, so he's a fucking knockout artist. Uh, you know, likes to finish on his feet or with strikes or what have you. Uh, he's currently on a five fight win streak uh, versus Marcin Taibora. Uh, Andre fucking Arlovsky still doing the damn fucking thing, and he's still doing the damn thing. Dude just fought a couple weeks ago. Um, and then also beat Chase Sherman, who fought a couple weeks ago. Uh, Sakai was on uh, Dana White's Contender Series Brazil. Um, so if you want to check him out there, go ahead. I don't know. Um, Sakai will have a 4-inch height advantage as well as a 4-inch reach advantage. Uh, Southpaw versus Orthodox, so that kind of uh, strikes out the reach advantage there because they're both going to have their front foots closest to each other. Um, if it stays on the field, I like Sakai, but Blackwood's got some nice uh, ways to slither inside, and you can't really slither or sneak your way inside at 260 pounds and under six feet. Um, but he, he has some good techniques to get inside, you know, maybe get that body clench and give him the ground. Um, also some decent uh, dirty boxing. Um, and if I remember correctly, I believe he was on the Indian national wrestling team and like competed in the Olympics. Now I don't know how good the Indian, you know, national wrestling scene is, but either way, going to the Olympics is legit, um, and he is legit wrestling, and although we all love to see knockouts, we all love to see somebody get punched or kick in the face and drop unconscious and then get get the back of their head hitting the fucking ring and even having a further concussion. I hate actually saying that, but um, it still gets me to jump out of my seat. Um, 
I think wrestling and just grappling in general is the superior martial art. If, 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 if you can get your hands on the guy. Because if you can get your hands on the guy, you can dictate where the fight is going to go. Even if you want it standing. You know, if you want the fight standing, you can keep it standing. If you want to go to the ground and grapple and ground and pound, you can take it to the ground. Uh, so, so just based on that, I have to go with Blagoy. Um, you know, as I said, I was surprised that he's not a bigger favorite. So with that in mind, I might I might place uh, some decent money on him. Uh, given that his uh, odds have gone a little more towards uh, even. And actually... I'm an idiot. He's not the favorite. He's a fucking underdog. So shit. Hopefully the keeps on rising and he gets into plus money there. So if so, I'm placing it. Placing the house on him. And I don't advise you do because if you lose all your money and you end up homeless because of a bet I made, that's on you, not me. Okay? I've never even stepped into a cage. So what the fuck do I know? But with that being said, let's talk about the next fight that is happening in a cage. Um, this is a little. This fight's a little surprising to see here. You know, third last fight of the night. Um, but they always kind of seem to stick like a weird one in. You know, between like the kickoff of the main event and the co-main and main, they kind of seem to always stick one. Like usually, there's about five fights on the main card you know the the opener card is pretty exciting you know supposed to get kit or people excited to watch and get them excited for the main event especially for pay-per-views um and then the next one's pretty good but then they always stick like a weird one in the third fight before the co-main and main um and i'm not saying this is gonna be a bad fight it's just i mean i don't know who fucking billy carantino is quarantilo teal uh, but I do know who Spike the Alpha Ginger Carlisle is just because of his fucking nickname. I don't remember his nickname. My friend's a ginger, and I texted him, hey, Alpha Ginger's fired. You got to watch him. And he won, and I told my friend that he's not the Alpha Ginger, that he needs, you know, that he's basically the Beta Ginger from now on. Um, <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> Billy, does he have a nickname? Nope. Billy Quarantino fights out of Gracie Tampa South there. I'm assuming in Tampa, Florida, uh, 31 years old. He's currently on a six-fight win streak, 1-0 uh, in the UFC. Uh, so he won his uh, debut. Uh, and he was on Dana White's Contender Series uh, Season 3, Week 5. So if you want to go back and check those out. All the Contender Series fights are pretty fun. Um, I liked watching them when they came on, especially when they're you know live on a Tuesday, you know, Tuesdays always seem like the worst day of the week to me. You know, Mondays suck, you know, because it's back to work, you know, back to the work week, blah, 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 back to the bullshit. But then Tuesday, it's like, damn, I got to go back to the bullshit again. And damn, it's not even hump Wednesday. You know, there's no thirsty Thursday. You know, it's not Friday yet. You know, you could be like, oh, tequila Tuesday, but I'm not an alcoholic and I don't like tequila. So it was nice having fights on Tuesdays. Um <laughs> But, uh, I don't know where I was going with that. But, Billy Quarantillo is fighting Spike the Alpha Ginger Carlisle, which might be the best nickname, besides Violet Bob Ross uh, in the UFC. Uh, he's 27 years old, fighting at a training lab. Uh, he's, all, he's not also on it. He's on a five 
fight win streak. He is also 1-0 in the UFC, winning his debut by knockout fashion. If I remember correctly, it was like 40 seconds, maybe a minute. And now that I'm trying to process through my brain, it might have been in the second round with like a minute in. But he he just came out and destroyed, uh, you know, whoever he fought. Um, and either way, this will be an exciting fight. Uh, this is a catchweight fight. Um, they don't have listed here exactly the weight that they're fighting at. Originally, both these guys are 145ers, so I would assume maybe they're fighting at 55 or 50. Um, I guess 50 or 60, maybe even 65. Because if they were fighting, you know, at a catch weight of 155, they would just call it a lightweight bout and sanction it as a lightweight bout. But because it's called a catch weight, um, it's probably not a sanctioned division weight limit or what have you. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if it's 160, honestly. Um, but even though that's a weird fight to stick in there, kind of in the middle of the main card, I think it will still be exciting. Just I've never seen this Billy guy fight, Billy Quarantino, but just watching Alpha Changes Spike Spike Carlisle, um, if he comes out like he did in his Musa uh, debut, this will be an exciting fucking fight to watch. Um, Billy will have a two inch height advantage, but Spike will have a one inch reach. You switch orthodox. Both guys land a lot. Yeah, it's gonna be an exciting fight. It'll be an exciting fight. Difference might be the ground game. You see Bill Quarantino here. Those takedown average is 0.8, so maybe not. Yeah, never mind. I don't know. I've never seen I've never seen Billy fight. I've never seen Spike on the ground, so I don't know. Um, after that fight, or I guess before in real time, <laughs> this is a lightweight matchup, 155 between uh, Roosevelt, the Predator, Roberts. Um, and if you look at him here, I'll just zoom in a little bit. He cut his dreads, but back when he had his dreads, the Predator was a perfect nickname for him. He looked just like the Predator. Um, you know, like Alien vs. Predator, those movies and shit, you know. Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, but Roosevelt, the Predator, is 9-1. Uh, he's facing Brock Chakta Tuska Weaver. And that nickname there just means uh, Chaka Warrior, which I believe is like his tribe. Uh, he's a Native American, you know, from, uh, what are, what's the word? I guess Indian Reservation or Native lands. Um, so he, he's fighting for all his people there, Choctaw Warrior. Um, this will be an exciting fight. Uh, this will be an exciting fight, definitely. Roosevelt, the Predator Roberts, 26 years old. He was... Uh, on Dana White's Contender Series, Season 2, Week 7. If you want to go check that out, he is 3-1 and one in the UFC so far, so doing pretty good um, since he he's, uh, you know, earned that contract from the Contender Series. As far as Brock Weaver, uh, this guy is one of the most exciting guys to watch, um, in my opinion. You know, he's got a great story behind him being, you know, a Native American, you know, growing up on Indian reservation, super poor, and... You know, with alcoholism and crime and, you know, just poverty surrounding him since, in fighting surrounding him since, you know, the day he was born. Uh, he's 28 years old. He's currently on an eight-fight win streak. He was on uh, Dana White's Contender Series Season 3, Week 8. I definitely highly recommend to go watch, uh, watch that fight. Uh, like I said, one of the most exciting guys I've 
you know, that I've never, you know, initially never heard of and then watch this guy fight and hearing a story leading up to, like, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. It's crazy. I'm getting goosebumps. Um, but just, like, the promotion they had just for him on the Contender Series was super hype, and then he went out there and destroyed the guy. Um, this guy's a potential star in the making if he can fucking take care of business in the cage. Um, like I said, Dana White Contender Series, Season 3, Week 8. Uh, he won his UFC debut, but he won it uh, by disqualification. His opponent landed an illegal knee on him. Um, I can't remember exactly why they stopped it. I think they stopped it because Brock couldn't see out of his one of his eyes or something like that. Um, he ended up getting the W because he couldn't continue. Um, he didn't like the win. He said he never wants to win that way. You know, he's very uh, humble and you know warrior like in his. Uh, you know, post-fight press conferences or what have you, or post-fight questions. Um, as far as odds, Roosevelt, the Predator Roberts, is a minus 320 favorite. Brock Weaver sitting at plus 260. Um, I don't like those odds for Roberts. Honestly, I like, you know, both. They have very different fighting styles. Um and as I kind of compare in my head, I like Weavers better. I think Roberts is the more technical striker. And this might be a straight-up technical uh, strike. Uh, maybe not a technical, but it will be a straight-up striking match for the most part, I believe. Uh, Roberts is the most technical, more technical strider, striker. You know, he's kind of long and lengthy and, you know, athletic on his feet. Um Likes to keep his distance, you know, with those lanky strikes, uh, lanky appendages. Um, so I think he'll try to keep Brock on the outside, use his jab a lot. You know, a lot of one-twos, maybe some kicks, uh, leg kicks, things like that. But I don't know if that's going to keep Brock Weaver at bay. You know, he's a, he's a brawler. That guy comes in there, you know, he he's not one of these guys to say, oh, I'm ready to die on my shield in there. And, you know, kind of just says it. This guy fucking means it. And you can see it, especially now. It's not like he has hundreds of thousands of dollars in his bank account. And, like, you know, he's become soft now that he's in the UFC. You know, he's had one UFC fight. You don't get paid shit until you're, like, a star. And even then, it's still only, like, McGregor's making big money. Pretty much no one else in there is making, you know, more than $5 million a fight. Except for Habib as well. Or maybe, or John Jones. Besides that, besides those three guys, no one's making making lots of money. Back when GSP went his prime, he made four million total from his UFC contracts. So that should just tell you he's one of the greatest ever. But that was also when the UFC wasn't as big as it is now. But at the end of the day, all I'm saying is Brock Weaver is a savage, especially with no money in his bank account. That just makes you more savage. It just is. That's just how it is. You know, some guys can keep the savagery going. Uh, with millions of dollars, you know, look at Floyd Mayweather, you know, he's not, he's more of an art sport, but you're still punching guys in the face. You got to be somewhat of savage to professionally punch guys in the face and, and take it back as well. So I don't know. I like Brock Weaver in this fight. Um, and it's more for intangible reasons than anything technical. What, that's why this, uh, these fights are so hard to predict or judge or any of that. It's so, you never know. You never know a guy's mental state or what's going on in his life or how motivated or unmotivated they are to get in there and to beat the shit out of another human being. 
Um, but I don't know. There's a fire inside Weaver that you can just tell by looking in his eyes that he's not going to be stopped. Even if you flatline him, he's going to get back up and still try to beat your ass. <laughs> um, so we'll see. It's a good fight. Roosevelt will have a two-inch height advantage. Reach is same. Orthodox and southpaw. That doesn't bode well for Robertson. Yeah, I like Weaver here. I'm probably going to place a bet on him there, especially with plus 260. You know, might just pay, place a $10 bet and end up winning, you know, $26 from that. That'd be nice. Um, so, yeah, definitely look forward to that fight. Closing out the main card between, will be between Mackenzie Dern versus Hannah Shockwave Cyphers. Um, this is just a bad matchup, in my opinion, by the UFC. Um, they're just trying to promote the shit out of Mackenzie Dern and get her her name out there, in my opinion. Not putting anything against Hannah Cypher. She's a tough son of a bitch, tough as they come. Um, and you'll see in this fight how tough she fucking is. But uh, I still don't like the matchup, personally. Um, Mackenzie Dern. Uh, black belt in jiu-jitsu uh, might be one of the best jiu-jitsu practitioners in the women's uh, MMA period, but especially in the strawweight division at uh, 115. Uh, she trains at a black house MMA, 27 years old, but she did lose her last fight versus Amanda Hebas, who just pieced her up on the feet, um, you know, and just stuffed her terrible jiu-jitsu takedowns. Uh, as far as Hannah Shockway Cyphers, uh, she is also 27 years old. She's 2-2 two two in the UFC. Lost her last versus Angela Hill. Um, but, you know, as I said, she look, she's a tough son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. She still looked good in that fight. Um, and she'll definitely give Mackenzie Dern some problems on the feet. Um, you know, as Dern is coming in. I would assume, though, Dern has improved her stand-up game since the last time she fought. Um... So we should see an improvement from that. Um, and then we'll see how Cypher's uh, takedown defense holds up and if Dern can get her down. I think Dern will eventually get her down and probably submit her probably round two, I'm thinking. Um, but if not, it could be a long fight for her if she hasn't improved her stand-up skills. As far as uh, measurables, Dern will have a three-inch height advantage, one-inch reach advantage. Both are orthodox. Dern usually a lot comes on the, you know, on the heavy side of 115. Has missed weight a lot. I think she had a baby recently, and she has some humongous titties. So that's always hard to make weight. Um, so we'll see if she, you know, does has a smart weight cut, and if it goes well, and if she doesn't drain herself enough, you know, if she ends up being overweight or you know doesn't make the weight limit, or she cut, she does make it, but it was a terrible cut. You know, she could. You know, if Cyphers can last pass around or, you know, continually stuff those takedowns, her fucking gas tank might empty in. You know, Cyphers' gas tank isn't going to empty. Her will will not be stopped. She, you have to finish her. You have to either finish her or outpoint her to beat her. And good luck outpointing her because she's going to keep coming forward like a fucking zombie. Um, so that's what, I'm a huge fan of Hannah Cyphers. I'm a huge fan of both these girls, but huge fan of Hannah Cyphers just because of the way she fights. And because she's, like, the quietest person ever to be a fucking fighter. If you ever see, oh, I've seen, like, her twice get interviewed in the Octagon by Joe Rogan. And she's so quiet. Like, even with a microphone, you can't hear her. And it was just, it's pretty awkward, but also kind of cute at the same time. <laughs> um, 
So we'll see. McKinsey Dern is a minus 400 favorite. Cypher's sitting at plus 320. Unless you really think Cypher's can like outpoint her or stick this on the feet, it might be a good bet. But even that plus 320, I don't. I'm not seeing too much value there. Um, yeah, I just, I just don't. I don't know. It's just gonna be a tough fight for her. Just bad matchup, in my opinion. Um, is what it is. It's, it's, it's the way of the game. Uh, that closes out the main card. So again, the prelims here, and there's actually some pretty decent prelims, surprisingly, uh, considering you know this is a fight night. It's not a pay per view, and like the main card wasn't really stacked with names. Main card, you know, Woodley Burns, obviously. I know Blackoy and Augusto. Most people don't. I know Alpha Ginger, but nobody knows who the fuck that is. And then you got Brock Weaver, big story. Mackenzie Dern, they're definitely trying to push the fuck out of. Uh, so got a lot of young people that I guess they're trying to push. Um, but with that saying, the prelims are pretty good as well. I mean, the feature prelims be between Caitlin Chukagian and Antonio Shevchenko. Um, Chukagian last fought Antonio's sister, actually, Valentina Shevchenko, for the championship belt at 125 in the women's uh, flyweight division. Uh, she ended up losing... She lose. She get knocked down like third or fourth round. I don't remember exactly how. Um, but Antonio Shevchenko is Valentina's sister, I believe, older sister. Uh, she's thirty-five years old. Yeah, her nickname's La Pantera, which means panther. So Antonio La Pantera Shevchenko. She trains at a Tiger Muay Thai alongside with her sister there in uh, uh, Thailand. Uh, she was on Dana White's Contender Series Season 2 Week 3. Uh, and since then, she has been 2-1 in the UFC with her only loss uh, versus Roxanne Monafari. Where Roxanne just basically took her down, controlled her for all three rounds, beat her up. Um, so we'll see if uh, Shevchenko Antonio, Antonia Shevchenko's uh, ground game has improved because she may need it for uh, this, this match versus uh, Chukagian. Uh, Chukagian's, uh, as I said, last fought Antonitine. How do I? Antonina. Antonina. Last fought Antonina's sister, Valentina, uh, for the belt at 125. Uh, her nickname's Blonde Fighter. She's 31 years old and trains out of Henzo Gracie Jiu Jitsu up there in New York. Um, I think she's a black belt. Pretty sure she's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Um, so she's got pretty solid jiu-jitsu. She doesn't use it too, too much, but she has a couple submission wins in the in the octagon. Um, might be a good strategy to try to get Antonio Antonina. Why is that name fucking with me? Because it looks so much like Antonio, but obviously it's not Antonio. She's a fucking chick. Um... Even though at first, originally I did not like this fight because Antonina hasn't really proved herself. You know, she is 2-1 and she is Tanko's sister and the 125 division is new. So not it has not really filled in all the rankings and stuff. But, you know, they got her already up there at uh, number 12. But she's finding legit, you know, top tier contender at number 2. So, I mean, it'll definitely be a good chest uh, for Shevchenko, but... I know I originally did not like it, um, but nonetheless, Shevchenko is actually a minus one thirty-five favorite currently, whereas Chukagian is plus one fifteen. Thinking Vegas odd makers are just thinking, oh, Shevchenko, she knows how to beat 
Chukagian because her sister did it. Yeah, you think, but that's not how it works. Uh, they're two very different fighters. Very, very different fighters. Um, say Valentina is more well-rounded, whereas Antonina is kind of just striking base and uh, likes to keep fighters on the outside. And Chukagian does as well. But I think Chukagian is just more well-rounded well and probably get it done. But if I'm wrong and Antonina gets a... Uh, a nod and even a finish, man, that fucking vaults her right to the top 10, top 5, maybe. Who knows? Maybe she'll fight her sister for the title one day. That'd be crazy. Thought she'll accept the fight, but it'd be crazy nonetheless. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Excuse me, that's disgusting. Next fight, got between Daniel D. Rod Rodriguez versus Gabriel gifted green um i have no idea who either of these guys are never heard of them but uh daniel d rod rodriguez is 11 and 1 overall uh he's 33 years old trains out of tap out la he's currently on a seven fight win streak um he was on dana white's contender series season three week six um and he's undefeated in the UFC. He won his UFC debut. I mean, he's one to know. So, I mean, shouldn't have said undefeated. Should have said he won his debut. And now he's on his second fight. But uh, won his debut actually over Tim Means. Submitted Tim Means. So that's fucking legit. Submitted you submit Tim Dirty Bird Means in your UFC debut. That's pretty uh, legit as it comes. As far as uh, Gabriel Gifted Green, he's 27 years old. And he is on a six-fight win streak, and he also won his UFC debut. Not versus anybody I knew or heard of, but he won nonetheless. Don't even know what he looks like. Don't have a picture up of him. I don't even care what he looks like. Uh, this will be at 170. Uh, D-Rod has got a three-inch height advantage, but only one-and-a-half reach. Uh, got Southpaw versus Switch Stance. And they don't have any other stats about Gabriel. As far as odds, they got Daniel Daniel D Rod Rodriguez plus one eighty five and Gabriel Gifted Green at minus two twenty. So odds makers are telling us something there that they like the gifted. And that's all I can say because I don't I don't know anything about either of those guys. Um, next fight is a light heavyweight matchup, two of five pounders uh, between Jamal Hill. Who's undefeated at seven and zero versus Klitson Abreu, fifteen and four. Um, Jamal Sweet Dreams Hill is twenty nine years old. Uh, he did fight in Dana White's Contender Series, season three, week five. Uh, he won his UFC debut versus Darko Stojic. Um, he's now looking to make a streak now, winning streak in the UFC. Uh, as far as Klitson White Bear Abreu. He's 27 years old. He's 1-2 in the UFC uh, with his only win coming over Sam Alvey. His two losses were versus guys that weren't, you know, as uh, name recognizable as Sam Alvey. So I didn't write them down because of their losses. Um, but they're still pretty tough guys. Um, as far as how this fight will play out, I don't really know. I've seen Jamal Hill fight. I saw him fight on the Contender Series. kind of remember him. I kind of liked him. Um, but I don't know enough about Klitson, uh, White Bear, Brayu to actually give, you know, 
an analysis if that's what I'm actually doing here. I'm not even really actually analyzing any of these fights. Um, so I don't know. Jamal will have a uh, four-inch reach advantage, or no, four-inch height advantage, five-inch reach advantage. Uh, Southball versus Orthodox. Um, hmm. I, I don't know. I might have to go with Jamal here just because he looks more athletic. And the only reason he looks more athletic is because he's black. So that's probably a little racist by me, but it's a good race, some guys. Uh, Hills minus 130 favorite, Klitsons plus 110. So close odds there. So I, I'm not betting on that either way. Um, as I said before, the prelims are actually kind of loaded. Yeah, Tim Ely in the prelims. Um, he's been kind of in a skid recently, but he's still Tim Elliott, still kind of a big name. I still like watching him. I still like watching his unorthodox fighting style, even if he does lose. Um, I would still like to see him in the UFC even if he does lose, um, but we'll see. Um, Tim Elliott is 33 years old now. He fights out of Glory MMA Fitness. He's on a two-fight losing streak, and he's actually 2-3 and three since his title fight with uh, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. I think that was back in like 2016. Uh, so he hasn't been doing you know so, so good recently. Uh, he's actually lost to some guys I think he should have beat, at least on paper. Um, I think he's also been f been fed some tough matchups as well. But the guy was a former challenge contender, for, you know, former top five guy. So there's no reason not to, uh, you know, challenge him. Currently he's ranked number 11. Uh, and this will be a flyweight fight, so 125. Uh, 16-10-1 overall, and he's fighting Brandon Roy Val. Um, Brandon Roy Val is 10-4 overall, obviously not ranked, obviously, like y'all would know. Brandon Raw Dog Roy Val, that's his nickname, 27 years old, fights at him Factory X Muay Thai, I believe in Denver, Colorado, or is that in Dallas? Fuck, I can't remember. I should probably know that, huh? Factory X Muay Thai? Inglewood, <laughs> Inglewood, Colorado. Okay, so I got the state right, just not the city. But uh, Raw Dog, Brandon Raw Dog, Roy Val, 27 years old, fighting on a factory X Muay Thai, former LFA champ. So former, you know, lower organizational champ. Um, He's making his USC debut versus Tim Elliott. Uh, he will have a two-inch height advantage. It looks like a four-inch reach advantage. Uh, both southpaws. Obviously, I know nothing about Brandon and Raw Dog Roy Val, so I don't know how this fight's going to go. But as far as betting odds, Tim Elliott's minus one seventy. Uh, Raw Dog is plus one fifty. And you know, just looking at those odds, I don't like them, especially with how Elliott's been performing lately. He's kind of. Uh, you know, I like watching them, and I don't like shitting on fighters just because, you know, one, mainly, they all kick my ass, and two, they all pretty much put in the work and work harder than anybody I know or you know. Um, so it's very, in my eyes, very disrespectful to talk down on any of these guys, but he's kind of shit the bed those last couple of fights, especially versus guys he, at least on paper, should have beat, or at least... By name recognition, name recognition means nothing once you shut those fucking cages. So we'll see when we, when, uh, when we get there on Saturday. 
far as uh, the next fight, which is the second fight of the night that will be happening on the prelims. Uh, it's a Bantamweight fight, 135 or, uh, 135ers. It's between Luis the Last Samurai Smoka. And yes, it's not the Last Samurai. It's the Last Samurai. D.A. Uh, he's 28 years old, and he's currently 2-1 and one in his second stint with the UFC. Uh, he was originally with the UFC. I think he went on a three or four fight losing streak. Uh, they cut him or released him or whatever. I guess it's the same thing, cut or release. Um, but uh, he ended up, I think, going to Titan FC and, you know, winning a couple fights there. Might have won the belt. Uh, I can't remember correctly. Uh, but now he's back with the UFC. Uh, he's facing a tough, tough competitor in Casey Kenny. Um, I like Casey Kenny when I've originally seen him fight. Um, he's a legit, in my eyes, he's a legit top 15 guy there at Bantamweight. Just Bantamweight's kind of crazy without Cejudo and, you know, the top guys not fighting and stuff. And now Aldo's in the mix. I mean, but that's all top five stuff. Uh, top, you know, you know, five to 15 is always kind of debatable. And it's always tough to crack that top 15 in general with so many good fighters there are nowadays. But I think Casey Kenny's talent alone, he's the top 15 guy. And if I had to compare that same analogy to Smoka, I'd say Smoka is probably on the outside of the top 15. I think he could crack the top 15. I just don't think he's there yet. Um, you know, we'll see. He'll get a chance to prove me wrong, but I think Kenny is legit ready right now for top 15 competition, um, even though he lost his last fight. Um, and I guess getting more into Kenny, uh, Casey Kenny's 29 years old, and as I said, he lost his last fight versus Marab. Uh, I hate saying this guy's last name or trying Dalvishivli. I'm just going to call him Marab. Lost his last fight versus Marab. Uh, but it was a close fight. I remember it being a little controversial. And even Matt Sarah, who's in Marav's Mar corner, was like, oof, that was a close fight. Um, and that Kenny guy is legit. I remember talking about it on his podcast on uh, UFC Unfiltered. Um, but before he lost the Marav fight, he had a six-fight win streak before that, including uh, being a former LFA champ. He's 2-1 in the UFC overall, and he's had wins over Ray Borg. Manny Bermudez, two very, very legit guys in the UFC. Um, he was on Dana White's Contender Series Season 1, Week 2, lost that uh, fight, but ended up coming back Season 1, Week 8, and not in the UFC. And my opinion, could crack the top. I don't know if he'll crack it by getting a win here, uh, you know, cracking the top 15 rankings, but I think uh, obviously they'll put him closer to it. And who knows, if he wins in dev devastating fashion, then they might. I mean, he's just bullshit journalist. It's people that with better credentials than me, but less knowledge, less fandom of the sport that get to make these rankings. And I know that's not down the board. I know a lot of there's a lot of good uh, reporters out there uh, and journalists out there for MMA and UFC stuff, but a lot of them are just journalists too that just sit on their ass all day and eat pizza and cookies and chips and soda, and have never stepped into a training room. Now, I haven't really either. I've just done jujitsu for a little bit, and I haven't done it for months now. So, I'm not saying I'm any better, but rankings don't are made up by people that don't know the sport. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Or at least haven't practiced the sport. 
or even a facet of the sport, you know? Just get a punch bang and start punching. And you'll see how fucking hard that is. Stephen A. Smith, you know, fucking worst punching technique I've ever seen in my life. Why would you post that shit, bro? Oh, you had a comment there. Oh, what's up, Godly? How you doing, son? I'm just talking about uh, some UFC fights. I like to do, do uh, these little podcasts here and there. Um, should I like to talk about? I only got one more fight to talk about. Um, I'll be on 2K later if you're down to play Godly. Um, appreciate you checking in. Uh, as far as the fights itself, uh, this is the last fight and the first fight of the prelims coming up this Saturday uh, between Chris El Guapo Gutierrez versus Vince Vendetta Morales. Um, El Guapo is 29 years old, fights out of Factory X Muay Thai there in Inglewood, Colorado. Uh, he's currently 2-1 in the UFC. Uh, as far as Vince Vendetta Morales. He's also 29 years old, fights out of American Free Fright MMA. Uh, he was on Dana White's Contender Series Season 2, Week 5, and lost uh, He lost versus Domingo Pilarte in that, but ended up you know, working his way back in somehow in the UFC now. Uh, and he's 1-2 in the UFC, though, right now. Uh, El Guapo Gutierrez will have a 2-inch height advantage, but Morales will have a 3-inch reach advantage, so that kind of evens it out there. Both guys are orthodox. Honestly, I don't know too much about either of these guys to give like a detailed analysis. Appreciate the sparks, Godly. Um, so we'll see how that fight goes. I honestly don't know. Um, that is a featherweight fight at 145 pounds. Gutierrez is minus 105 favorite, betting favorite. Oh, wait, no, he's not. That would make him underdog with uh, Vince Morales at minus 115. So we'll see how those go. What's my time at? I'm at... Almost 50 minutes here. Um, keep up the word. Yeah, thanks, Godly. Appreciate it, dude. Maybe I'll check you on, on some 2K later. Appreciate it. Um, so I guess that's it as far as the fights this weekend. Again, UFC Fight Night. Uh, Tyron Woodley versus Gilbert Burns. Prelims starting at 5 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Eastern. All these fights are on ESPN, ESPN Plus from prelim, you know, the very first prelim fight all the way to the main event. Uh, main car will be on ESPN and ESPN Plus at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. Again, at the UFC Apex where they do the contender series fights and where they'll be filming the newest uh, Ultimate Fighter. They could be filming it now. We don't fucking know. It's always uh, very secretive. Been smart to film it right now. Um... I'm very looking forward to these fights. As far as my favorite fights to watch and look out for, definitely, obviously, Tyron Woodley uh, versus Gilbert Burns. That will be a great fight. Uh, I like Black Boy versus Augusto Sayakai. You know, just kind of mashup styles uh, between, you know, an Olympic wrestler and Black Boy Ivanov versus a stand-up striking specialist and Augusto Sayakai knockout specialist. But he's Brazilian, so, you know, not trying to be racist or... <laughs> Or country countryist, but for the most part, if you're Brazilian, you gotta know some Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You gots to. Even Edson Barbosa, who's a fucking kickboxer, is like, yeah, I'm still black belt in jiu-jitsu. You know, because he's from Brazil. Um, even though I don't know Billy Quarantino, I look forward to seeing Spike Alpha Ginger Carlisle fight again. 
Uh, this Roosevelt Roberts versus Brock Weaver fight will be fun. Mackenzie Dern, Hannah Cyphers fight will be fun again because of the matchups. Dern's awesome jujitsu uh, versus Cyphers, you know, basically zombie like fighting style, just coming head first, you know, not giving a fuck. Um, that'll be interesting. Kaylin Kuchigian, you know, now fighting uh, Valentina's sister after she lost to her, fighting uh, Antonina. That'll be an interesting fight. Um, don't know either most of these guys. I look. I always like, as I said before, watching Tim Elliott fight. He's got a very unorthodox style. Keeps his hands low. You know, isn't protecting his face at all. The whole time you're like, dude, put your fucking hands up. Um, but it is what it is. He's on a little skin. Hopefully, maybe he'll, you know, beat this guy that's making his debut. But at the same time, I don't want to root against a guy making his debut. And like, hey, I'm rooting for you to get a loss, you know. In the biggest stage of your career. That's that's not cool. I, uh, somebody's got to win though. So, um, and then this Luis smoke a case of candy fight. That's got to, yeah, that's got to be my favorite fight in the prelims for sure. And like I said, I think Kenny's legit. I think he's top fifteen guy. Uh, so I definitely look forward to seeing him put in a good performance. Um, that's really it. Um. I may or may not have a review of these fights, um, depending on how good the card is. But because we have USC 250 coming up the next weekend, um, I'll tell you what I will do. I'm gonna have a preview episode for 250 because it's a pay-per-view and the card is looking it's looking pretty good. You know, it's not you know the main event's kind of eh. Same with co-main, but they're still exciting fights. Um, so I'll have a preview episode next week for UFC 250. And within that preview episode, I'll kind of talk about uh, these these uh, fights coming up this Saturday between Woodley and Burns and that whole card. You know, I'll just briefly talk about what stands out. And, you know, I'll talk about the main event, obviously, and any exciting finishes. I'll probably touch briefly on those, about 15, 20, maybe 30 minutes, depending um, and then go into the preview for UFC 250. Um, and then after these fights, UFC 250, after June 6th, I'll have a, a review podcast for sure. Maybe with friends, maybe not. Uh, we'll be see. Um, but just to close it out, I just want to kind of look at the this uh, 250 card. It was just released pretty much today, I believe. Um, and, you know, and finalized. This will also take place in UFC Apex in Las Vegas area, June 6th. Uh, main event between Amanda... Uh, the Lioness Nunez and Felicia Spencer kind of lopsided there. Definitely think Nunez will get uh, the nod, most definitely. Rafael Sansal versus Cody Garbrandt. That's a great fucking fight. Garbrandt on a huge skid. Can't seems anytime he gets clipped at all, he just starts. He sees red and just starts throwing fucking haymakers, and then that's when he gets clipped because guys know he's gonna do it. And they're like, "Oh, you're gonna throw haymakers." All right, I'm just going to throw him straight down the fucking line. You know, hit you five times before you hit me once or at all and knock your ass out. Um, but nonetheless, great fight. Talk about great fight. Aljamie Sterling versus Corey Sanahagen. That's a fucking great-ass fight. Uh, Neil Magny, Anthony Rocco Martin, great-ass fight. Eddie Wineland, Sean O'Malley, great fucking fight. But I like O'Malley all day versus the veteran Wineland. Ian Heinish versus Gerald Mershot. Fucking great fight. But I got Ian Heinish. Charles Bird's fighting. Got Alex Caceres versus Chase Hooper. That's an amazing fight. And Cody Stamen, Brian Keller's amazing fight. Holy shit. Drusia Formiga is fighting. And then you got Alonzo Menfield and Devin Clark as well. Damn. 
I'm actually looking at the card and I'm seeing it out loud. I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited for those fights. Even though the main event will probably suck. But it is what it is. Uh, I appreciate uh, the handful of you that hopped in here while I was doing this live. Always appreciate Darius, the Jarius Darius, uh, for the for the lurk uh, in the comments. Uh, and shout out to Godly, G-A-W-D-L, here on the Mixer Chat. Uh Hopped in for a little bit and hopped out. Been played a little 2K with him yesterday, so appreciate you checking out the pod as well, my friend. Um, you know what? Next time, if I fucking remember, next time I have a podcast, I'm gonna try to try to lump in the mixer chat in here on the videos as well. So if you're watching this live, you know the stream live. You know, I guess if you're watching this mixer on live, you can see the fucking chat. But if you're watching this later on. You know, on YouTube through the video, um, you'll get to see what people commented. So you're not just thinking I'm talking to random people. But as always, appreciate it, guys. Appreciate the love. Can't believe I actually made an hour on these on these fights. Um, yeah, sayonara, adios, adios, mis amigos. <laughs>